Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world's shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. I host a website called Neil Thompson Speaks. That's Neil Thompson Speaks, N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. If you want to find out more about me, you can check out the website. Today's guest is Dwayne Morgan. Dwayne is a man of many talents, poet, writer, performer, producer, and photographer. Dwayne is truly whatever he wants to be. Among other things, Dwayne is the founder of the Roots Lounge Open Mic and Poetry Slam, Toronto's premier open mic showcase. I'm so happy to have him on the podcast. He doesn't know this, but I've been an admirer of his for years, ever since I was in college. I'm interested to hear about his love of poetry, his ability to turn his love into a career, and his future plans. Let's bring him in now. Dwayne Morgan, welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. First question, as a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think you, I went through all the, the regular, you know, teacher, fireman, police officer, uh, you know, stuff that you go through as, as a young kid. Um, and then I got to high school and I was completely clueless as to what I wanted to, to do or, or what I wanted to be. So, um, I spent those years kind of just aimless really just trying to trying to figure things out yeah i mean i i can i i can relate i I definitely when i got to high school i even by the end of high school i i didn't really know what i wanted to do luckily i had parents that kind of funneled me in in a direction and it worked out pretty good but uh i know i know you basically from from poetry you don't know you probably don't remember me since you know you're pretty popular but i used to go to a lot of your shows back in like the early aughts you know, two thousand, two thousand one, mm-hmm. back when I was a university student, and man, right. you were, you were, you were something on that mic, man, doing that, doing the poetry. When did you start writing? Uh, I started writing in nineteen ninety three. Uh, I was still in in high school, uh, the end end of my high school years, and um, yeah, I wrote a I wrote a piece to to present at my high school, and there were a couple women who were there who who heard the piece and they took a, a liking to the piece and to myself. And they just, um, you know, gave me a lot of encouragement, invited me out to a lot of community events to to share that that poem that I had, and um, from there it just kind of kind of snowballed. When I got tired of of saying that poem, I had to write a second one, and now twenty some odd years later, I'm I'm still here. That's 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 impressive, man. It just it's 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 funny how how life works out sometimes. You 
you don't know where it's going to take you. You do something kind of on a lark, and then just like you said, twenty odd years and twenty some years later, this is this is like what you do. It's at least part of what you do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, and, absolutely. And I said it, it, it's quite it's quite impressive. I, mean, I think when I first spoke to you, you had mentioned to me that you've never had a job. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody ever tell me that they've never worked anywhere. I've done a few of these podcasts already, and everyone typically had some sort of job that they weren't too happy at, and they eventually decided they're going to go off on their own and start their own business. But I guess you're a bit different. You kind of always kind of saw yourself as being, you know, doing, you know, your poetry as, as your job. I mean, is, well, I mean, is, is that it, fair to say? interesting. Because I mean, and, and, and well, I mean, I haven't had a job in my adult life. I mean, going through school, you know, you did the McDonald's and telemarketing, and you know that sort of thing oh, when you're in high school. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, I did that one know, day. I, I couldn't do it again. Then. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I did it for like four years, right, good right Lord. through university. Yikes! And um, I, well, the good thing with the telemarketing is that it actually allowed me the time to write poems. So, I, I mean, I just took the time to, to write poems. I wrote more poems than I called people, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it it worked out in that sense. But because I had started the, the poetry stuff at such a young age, you know, at, at 18, um, and then I was working at it, you know, through university, and I still had, you know, my little telemarketing job. Uh, by the time I graduated, the my career had had reached a, a certain place where I could see a way that I would be able to um, do what I was doing and, and have it, you know, you know, cover my bills and that sort of thing. And I just decided to go down that road and, and, and that's how it's worked out. You know, I, I have a question to ask you. This, this, this might be completely off script, but I'm just very curious as to what your answer is. So, I, I work for myself now, but when I was a mm-hmm. youngster, when I was a kid, I never had that sort of push to start my own business. The whole point, I mean, both my parents, you know, came to came to the, the North America as, as immigrants, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but the, the immigrant way of thinking is you work hard, you know, you go to school, and then you get a job. And that's basically mm-hmm. what I got from once I was young right. up until, well, well now, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been, you know. You get a job, you work your numbers, you you know work whatever jobs you work, and then you know you you retire. The idea of starting a business and just being you know being self-employed, being being your business, was just it never came up. Was that something that was instilled in you, or is that something that you always had you know by, by yourself with no need for it to be instilled by anybody? Uh, there really wasn't a, a need for it to be instilled. I mean, I always knew that I hated the concept of work and, you know, my parents um, came as, as immigrants as well. So that story is very similar. Uh, What would happen is that, you know, I would hear my parents, you know, complain about their job, complain about coworkers, complain about conditions and work just seemed like a really horrible thing to do. So, you know, I had this idea from young that I didn't want to work because it sounded awful. So, you know, I had to figure out how I was going to create a life that didn't involve working. Wow, that's, man, you know what, that's that's impressive. I wish I had that mentality back back then, you know. I remember, <laughs> you know, graduating from university, and guess what, the next thing after university, my dad was telling me, you know what, I think you do some grad school. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was, I guess there was more school I was involved, and then finally I finished that, 
And now it's like, okay, it's time to get a new, it's time to get a job. No more school. It's time to, it's time to find a job now. It's nothing, nothing about right. getting, you know, starting your own business. It's, it's job time. Mm-hmm. It's time to find an employer. And just like you, I always heard my parents kind of complain about their their jobs and their coworkers, but it still, it never really clicked to me. You know, don't do what they did. <laughs> it's just you know, right. follow their mm-hmm. follow their steps because you know, growing up, that was the only that was the only path I knew. It didn't even as I said, it didn't even occur to me. You know, build, you know, blaze your own path. So I, I commend you on on doing that. You know, a well, lot of you. there are a lot of people out there, Dwayne, that have these aspirations of starting their own businesses. And you know, unlike me, they actually thought to, to start their own business, but they didn't. They, they followed the path that myself and I'm sure millions of other people followed, and that's find a job and work at that job. And then once you don't like that job, you go to the next job and so on and so on. What would you say to those people to, that are in these jo- are in jobs, aren't happy in them, and, and to, to try to kind of motivate them to become self-employed? I guess with you kind of answered the question already. It was just, you heard your parents complaining about their job and you just didn't want to have that, you know, to have that in your life. Well, I mean, the the first thing really is that, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. So, I mean, you have to know if that's something that, that you want to do and that you're built for, because I probably, you know, quote unquote, you know, work more than the average person who goes, you know, does the nine to five shift work or, and that sort of thing. So you kind of have to, to know and, and decide for yourself if that's, something that you're cut out for or willing to do. Uh, You know, the other piece, though, is that, you know, at the end of the day, life is short. And if you're waking up every day and you're giving all of these hours of your day to do something that doesn't fulfill you in in any other way other than you get a paycheck at the end of the week, then you know, you're really missing out on, on life. And, and, and if you're going to be doing the work thing, at least try to find something that you're passionate about that, that interests you, that sparks something in you that, that gives you life as opposed to, to uh, drains life out of you. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And, you know, another thing that I think that people that want to start their own businesses, but they're working at employers, an issue that they face is the fear of leaving the corporate mm-hmm. life and, you know, starting your own business. You don't have a backing of an employer anymore. But right. We, I guess the the question I would have for you is, even though you didn't have a job, you never really had a job, you always worked for yourself, did you ever have, did you ever find yourself having to face this fear of starting your own business? And, and if you did, what did you do to quell that fear? I mean, the the fear is always going to be there. I mean, whether you've had the job or you're just starting out from, from early, the fear is going to be there because naturally as human beings, we, we fear the unknown. And, you know, everybody fears, is this going to work? Am I cut out for this? You know, we have all of these questions. But, you know, I, I always say, you know, you, you, you jump off the diving board and, and hope that there's water in the pool. Uh, you gotta, you got you to gotta take a leap and you got to have some faith and you got to be willing to, to work. And I think not having that safety net for, you know, someone with my disposition, uh, you know, keeps me focused and makes me work, work extremely hard because I know if I don't work, I don't eat. Uh, it's not like, you know, I can take a day off and, you know, money's still going to come. I, I understand that what I have is directly connected to, to my effort. Um, so, you know, if I like a certain standard of, of living or like certain things, then the the work that I do and the effort that I put in has to be up to that standard. Yeah, you know what? That's that's those are really great words to live by. I, 
whenever people kind of ask me that question about working for yourself as opposed to working for an employer and that working for an employer is a safer choice, I often argue that mm-hmm. it really is mainly because, mm-hmm. especially in this day of age, especially in this day and age, people. I mean, you're an employee one day, and then you're you're out the next. I mean, I live in in, mm-hmm. in California. We're we're an at will employee state. You can be let go for any reason or no reason at all. So you right. know, I often mm-hmm. tell people that you know it's it's best if you have multiple streams of income coming in, and so you're never dependent on one of them for you know to support your life. And when you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, you're much more able, and you have more time to come up with those multiple streams. Tell me about mm-hmm. Wayne Morgan, your brand. I know you as a poet, but you do a mm-hmm. number of other things. I actually I have a couple of your CDs, and I have one of your books too. So I, I've been I've been on the, the Dwayne Morgan bandwagon for quite some time. So what exactly does your work entail? So I mean, well, there's the the writing and the performing of uh, my poetry. There's the events that I produce from poetry shows, dance, jazz, comedy. Uh, And then, you know, I dabble with, you know, some photography stuff. I do a lot of uh, public speaking, especially in the high schools, Um, much along the same lines of some of the things that we're speaking about, trying to give kids a different way of looking at, you know, their lives and, and their futures in terms of, you know, career paths and choices and that sort of thing. So um, that uh, right now, that's keeping me really busy, just doing a lot of the the speaking engagements, sharing my my story and my perspectives and how I see the world with young people with the hope that more of them will actually turn towards, you know, entrepreneurship. You know, well, well, God bless you for, for, for putting that into people's heads. As I said, I wish someone had told me something like that. When I was in high school, I probably would have embraced entrepreneurship a lot earlier than than I ended up doing, and you know, so that's that's excellent. One other issue that I'm sure people that are wanting to get into business for themselves face, in addition to the fear of going to business for themselves, is eventually building up the clientele to basically support them to support themselves in their lifestyle. How did you go about mm-hmm. building your following? Well, I mean, because. I started young and because I was doing something that not a whole lot of people were, were doing, um, you know, I started with my peers. Um, and then, you know, from there, it, it just kind of grew organically. People wanted to know, Hey, what, what, what was this thing that you went to on Friday night kind of thing? And let me know when the next one happens. And, and, you know, it was, it, it was really, really interesting because I mean, now with social media and all of these things, I mean, I didn't have, all of this stuff. So, I mean, you know, I can do a mass, you know, text or a mass email, but back then I had to do individual phone calls. I had to, you know, it, it, it was a lot more um, interpersonal in terms of how I had to go about doing things. And it allowed me to really get to know people and to meet people because I actually had to go and, and speak to them or call them on the phone and that sort of thing. It wasn't as anonymous as someone is a name on a mailing list and you just send them the information. So I think because of the time when I started doing what I was doing, it also worked to my advantage in terms of creating, um, you know, a, a, a base of supporters, many of whom, you know, still support me to this day. Excellent. Excellent. You know what? I, I, I really what you just said kind of really resonates with me. The the fact that you know, you started all of your you know you started obviously you started your business back in the nineties. There was no Twitter, mm-hmm. there was no Facebook, 
you had to, you know, just like you said, because you, you wanted to eat and your, the, 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 your ability to eat was directly tied to your effort, you actually went and called people. Are you talking about calling people that you didn't even know? No, no, no. I mean, this would be like, so, you know, somebody comes to our events and, you know, instead of an email list, we had a telephone list. So you just leave your telephone number, uh, you know, so the next event is coming up. I had to call everybody individually and say, hey, the next event is coming up on this date, blah, blah, blah. Hey, how you doing? Blah. Yeah, and that sort of thing. So, you know, just kind of building that rapport. So it wasn't cold calling people, but it was, you know, people who have come, they know what it is that I do. Now they've become a part of this community, and now, you know, they get a call from me. Uh, back in those days, we also used to send, you know, personal letters in the mail to invite people out, you know, to, to events. Um, so, I mean, it was definitely a different time, but back then the, the key was on that, those personal relationships. Well, you're telling me, sending a, a, a letter in the mail to people who know where the post office is these days? <laughs> I don't even know where my local post office is And I guess you had enough of the, the cold calling From that telemarketer job So you're probably like You know what I'm done with all that I need to call people That I actually know a little bit <laughs> Yeah absolutely So eventually Well now we live in 2016 Which is you know Everything You, you tweet everything you, you share everything You like everything mm-hmm. Are you Are you Are you visible on all those social media platforms and how have you been using them to your advantage itself? Uh, I mean, yes, I, I, I am visible on, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and it's, you know, it's a constant learning experience really because by the time you master one, you know, the technology has moved in another direction and people have found something else that they find, you know, interesting. So you're constantly you know, learning and starting over and, and, and that sort of thing. And that's just kind of the way the world is um, right now. So, I mean, you know, for, for each platform, you know, it, it helps to kind of learn, you know, how it works and, and how people respond to it. You know, for me, it, it's a matter of I got to reach people however I can reach them. And they're so inundated with messages now that I have to use all of the platforms and hope that people will, will see the information on one of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, very recently, so last week, I was just, you know, sitting around trying to think about, you know, how to better use social media. Because mm-hmm. like you, I, I didn't grow up with all this social media. So it's all still mm-hmm. kind of new to me. Uh, you know, I got the Twitter, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, YouTube, and of course, this podcast, which, which I enjoy doing. But um, I was, you know, just think, think, sitting and thinking about how I could use social media more effectively. So I went and had a conversation or a consultation with a, you know, a social media expert. There are a lot of them around these days. So people that mm-hmm. build themselves as, you know, knowing all the various platforms. So I was asking this woman, you know, during our consultation, about an hour and a half. So just, I asked her a question about Facebook. So if you post something on Facebook and you ask people to share it and like it or whatever else you post on Facebook, is that, you know, is that okay to do or is that, you know, against social media etiquette? And apparently she said that, well, not apparently, she did say that you don't tend to want to ask people for your likes and the, and the shares and stuff. But then she said that, I, then I told her, you know, I often see YouTube videos and at the end of the YouTube video, people ask people watching to subscribe to their channel. And she said, yeah, that's mm-hmm. okay. So then I asked her, well, what's the difference? Well, why You can't ask for likes on Facebook, but you can ask for subscribers on YouTube. And she didn't really have an answer for it. So, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, this whole uh, just 
this whole new frontier of, of using social media as, as you know as marketing for your business it's it's all kind of it's new to me and it's something that I'm just like you kind of learning as I go but uh yeah, yeah I'm just kind of hoping it you know it kind of works out because you know that all that tweeting and, and and posting that stuff takes a lot of time <laughs> yeah it certainly does so, you know, kind of open it's a, you know, it's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a necessary but, uh, part of the world today. Yeah, yeah. I, I I ain't sending out no letters though, man. By by mail, <laughs> <laughs> email maybe. <laughs> by mail. Good lord, all the paper, all the toner, mm-hmm. all the stamps and the envelopes, man. You're cutting into oh, your profit. It was brutal. Easy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hopefully, when you were when you were calling people, you weren't still using a rotary phone back in the day. <laughs> you uh, no, no. I that. think I think we had uh, the the pressing the one you got to press the. Oh, okay, you got the one with the buttons. Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. before cell phones, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cell phones yeah, weren't even on the scene Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So um, so for the people out there that are listening and they're contemplating, you know, making that leap of leaving their jobs and, and in fully embracing self-employment, what advice would you have for them? Well, I think, you know, you, you don't want to do anything uh, hastily. You want to make sure that you have a plan and a plan that is realistic that you can execute. A lot of times people, you know, want the entire universe, but you let, you know, reach for, reach for a star first and then get the galaxy after. So you gotta, you gotta come with, you know, some, a plan that is attainable things that you can do. You gotta have, um, you have to be able to break it down into, into parts. And I always tell people that every time you achieve one of the parts, celebrate go out and get into the practice of just celebrating your wins and every time you you win something you reach one of your milestones you go out and you celebrate and and, and when you get into that mindset um you start to get addicted to the celebrations to how good <laughs> that feel to the to the yeah. you know to the dopamine and, and and the good feelings that are are being released inside of you from celebrating and that naturally makes you want to celebrate more and in order to celebrate more you have to do more so you you naturally now put yourself into a rhythm where you're working for that next milestone so that you can celebrate, you can have that feeling again, and then you're going to go and work out towards the next thing. So that's why it's really important that you have manageable um, goals and then you celebrate every time you hit one of them. And you know what, that is excellent advice. I I never even thought of it that way, but yeah, you definitely should celebrate your wins. And just like you said, the, the, the more wins, you know, the harder you work, you know, hopefully the more wins you get, the more celebration you get to you get to have. And who doesn't like to celebrate, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You do, as I mentioned earlier, before we even started talking, you do a number of things. You're a writer. You're, you know, you do poetry. You do public speaking. You, you, you produce your own events and other events. And you also dabble in poetry. What are your future plans for, for your business? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, the, the, the work that I'm doing right now, you know, with the speaking, um, you know, to young people, that's something that I definitely want to start do a lot more of, um, you know, internationally. I want to travel a bit more and just share, you know, some of my ideas and philosophies with um, a lot more people. I actually have um, my own TV show now um, interviewing, you know, poets and writers just about their their thought process and where they get their inspiration from and that sort of thing. So we just wrapped up season one of that. Um, 
And, you know, at this point, I've traveled and performed in 18 different countries around the world, and I'm always looking at adding more, you know, countries to that list. And, um, you know, I love what I do. So there's there's really nothing that I do that I want to change. I just want to do it all on a bigger level and reach more people with it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the more the bigger level you do, the the, the more celebrations for you, right? Yep, absolutely. Cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, again, thank you for for calling in, Dwayne. This was really, uh, this has been very informative. I'm sure the people that are listening in have learned quite a lot from this conversation. How can people find you? <clears throat> All right. So, um, my website is DwayneMorgan.ca. D W A Y N E. Um, and on social media, Twitter, Instagram, it's just Dwayne underscore Morgan. Okay, excellent, excellent. Again, thank you so much for calling in, Dwayne. Have a great day. You're very welcome. All right, you too. Thank you. All right. All right, take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N E I L T H O M. P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from the website in, uh, to those, those social media platforms in addition to a link to this podcast. Until next time, please take care. Thanks for tuning in.